If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Um, we've got a, a bumper podcast this evening. We were going to do, basically, we we're going to do a little pro season review of Glasgow and Edinburgh and find out how things are done. But then there's been a, what, what can we describe as an avalanche of news that's happened in the last couple of days. So we've got quite a bit to get through uh, tonight. And joining me to dig our way through the uh, compacted um snow of all the news that has come our way uh we have john anderson good evening john he's muted himself can you hear me we don't know are you with us john good evening he's struggling with his microphone i think anyway craig's manson's with us as well good evening craig good evening and my mic's working tonight Good. I'm pleased. It's. I'm pleased. It's not just. Uh, I'm pleased. It's. Not, I, I thought I was going to be on my own tonight. I thought. We've. We've also got with us Ian Hay. Good evening, Ian. Hello. Oh, sorry. Or otherwise known as the other part of John, Gene Andre. I think what he's done is. I think he's just left it muted. Don't know on the bottom bar. What he's done is he. We. He sounded a little bit echoey on his. Uh, on his. On his proper professional mic. So he switched back to his headset, but he's messed it up. So now he's had to disappear and go away and set it up. See, at our band, after our band rehearsals, you know, we try to say, oh, man, your, your sound's not quite right here, blah, blah, blah. You know, the man can't even set up a microphone properly. <laughs> uh, he has a drummer, though, am I not right? So. Yeah, so he's basically Mutt and Jeff. Um, <laughs> Are drummers even musicians? No, uh, oh, d- well. cl- classic musical joke. How do you know a drummer's sitting upright? Go They're foaming out both sides of the mouth. <laughs> we were just saying how wonderful drummers were, John. I saw a boy. Especially ones who play walk this way at the correct speed, John. Uh, well, Ian, I think you'll find that um, you are on my time. You know, I'm a scary, balding uh, taskmaster. We're, we're the rhythm section. They, they, there's there's no I in team, John, and there's not one in John. There's two in Ian, so basically uh, I should be the one that's there's faster. An, there's an, it's you there's that's an, messing things up. There is an ass in bass. There is an ass in there bass. There is, yes, and, and what a big ass it is. There's an um in drum as well, so let's not. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there, there's a double ass and double bass, so you know, take, take what you want from that. Um, but we're not here. We're not here. To, yeah, you know, we could talk all night about you know why why the bass is the greatest section in um, with any band, <laughs> but we shan't. Um, we've we've got a bit of news to get on with. Um, Andy Lone has joined us. Good evening, Andy. Andy says. Um, what do you think of the new Pro 14-16 United Rugby Championship? Well, Andy, you're in luck. We're going to be talking about that later on this evening. Um, we should just start by saying that if you are watching us live, we're on currently on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and Twitch. So hello to everybody watching us live. If you don't watch live, we are available as an audio download afterwards on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other podcast apps that you can get your hands on. Um, we are also sponsored by Manscaped. If you visit manscaped.com slash 
Scottish Rugby, you can get 20% off plus free shipping on a range of male grooming products. Um, we sell male grooming products because that's what they're marketed at. I don't know, maybe if, if any women have, you know, pop on, see if there's anything that takes your fancy. I don't think it's, we, I know, I don't think they discriminate in that way. You don't have I'm to be I'm led to there. believe, Cam, that the issue, so I've I, I done a bit of investigative journalism this week because I thought, do you know what? Why 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 are they marketing it purely? So it turns out men's razors, because of the coarseness of our hair, are slightly sharper. So, so women tend to, it's why, you know, women using a man, man's razor, it can be a bit dodgy. So apparently they're a wee bit sharper and with that can come some issues around the coarseness of the hair. Well, understandably, so what we can say is Manscaped have designed a product to deal with the coarseness of men's hair. Correct, yes, yes. Even the most coarse of hair, as I I would attest to, given that I am quite a hirsute young man. Yes, Um, kind of from the years down though, John. Well, uh, yes, that's that's the Manscaped right there, look at that. Can it deal with like Jeff Goldblum's back hairs in the fly though? Remember that bit where Gina Davis has to cut his. I mean, I, re- I, re- hairs off. I remember that most most days because I wake up and you know it's it's like that, Ian. It's hard, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you go, "I'm like that." Seeing with the fly. Don't think, uh, legally, legally, I don't think we can say that Manscaped will cut off, <laughs> call, uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum in the fly's hair. But we no. know that it can deal with men's men's the coarseness of a man's hair if but you want I, to be trim. I did my neck shoulder area uh, with one of the blades. It's, uh, yeah, but not yet, not I yesterday. Think... I assume. Turn around slightly. What? Turn around slightly. Well, this, 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 this is this is this is this is absolute gold well, wait, for our audio <laughs> listeners, oh, yeah. lads. Yeah. Oh yeah, but we've also got the uh, well, you know. The new section, there's the mullet thing. Um, we have, yeah, we've got the mullet. Don't, don't ruin mullet. stuff, John. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you, go, if you go to manscaped.com slash Scottish Rugby, you get 20% off plus free shipping on a range of male grooming products. You know, you were part of lockdown has been delayed. You might not be able to get back out in the clubs, but there's no reason you can't start to get yourself ready for being back out and about in the wide world. Um, so, that's uh, um, you can also, if you want to, you can sign up to our Patreon patreon.com slash scottish uh rugby podcast if you go there for three pound a month you will get ad free versions of this podcast and you uh, can also get some exclusive content we're planning this evening we'll try and keep this to an hour tonight because we're going to try and talk about the hardest player of, of the 2000s in what will possibly be the shortest ever podcast we've done um but we're going to have a go at that after this podcast um and that'll be for our patreons only so three pound a month we'll get you access to that uh, if you pay £5 a month, then we'll read your name out on the podcast as well. Um, so I think that's all the that's all the formalities out of the way. I'm just going through my agenda. I think that's all the it's all the housekeeping. Fire <laughs> to the left in the event of the, we're not expecting a fire alarm today. Yeah. If, if it goes off, make your way to the safest exit and uh, and the car park. The car park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unless you're Scotland Stadium, in which case you'll be directed the other way and then Aye. the other way again. I guess so, yeah, no, a a bit... toilet. <laughs> it's because Big Brian had left me. If Big Brian had been there, uh, we would have been sorted. He would have been like those massive big so... hands. Poor, See, sure. I don't think he's left, but then he was just probably injured again. <laughs> I no, he was he, he was in he was in exile by that point. 
Is he still uh, too long? As far as I'm aware, I think he might move to another French club, but I cannot. Uh, you know, it's very hard name to Google. Have to uh, he is indeed still at Toulon. There we go. So, um, should we start with the news? We'll go through the news. What we do, we'll build up to the. Um, I keep wanting to call it the ultimate rugby championship. That's exactly what I call it every time. I know. It's got to be. I want to put my shades on, my hat on backwards, and start smashing people across the back. <laughs> back over the across her back with a, a fold up chair. <laughs> Like I said, I said on Twitter, it sounds like one of the breakaway. Remember the, all the breakaways you had from WWE in the nineties? It sounds like one of them, like WCW or something like that. Um, so we'll get on to that. There's bits of news to get on with. Um, Hugh Jones had signed for Beyond. He had, um, but Beyond have been releg- have been now relegated to uh, the uh, French D two. So we understand that Hugh Jones is no longer going to be on. Mm-hmm. But we don't know where he's going yet. Is he going to the back of Beyond? <laughs> oh, oh, bravo. Well done. Yeah, um, because there was there was rumours that obviously it had been announced he was leaving Glasgow and it had been announced by everybody but Beyond that he was joining them. Uh, and people were speculating that this was because they were mired deep in a relegation battle, which they have now ultimately lost. So you do wonder if there was a condition in the contract to say, no, no, not going to play uh, pro did do. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, especially given that he was coming back in the Scotland squad, you would it would be madness not to have inserted some sort of break clause in the contract. Yeah. It's going to be, in, yeah. I suppose, the difficulty now from though Craig is who's got the money to pay for Hugh Jones at this stage in in the season because most of the deals will be done by now. Yeah, you would think so too. It, it, it just depends. You know, uh, I know Leicester were in for him the last time, but they'll probably tell him to get lost if uh, he comes uh, comes back. Since he told them, no, I'm going to stay with uh, Glasgow for the same money as you're offering me. But um, that's that's the question. Mind you, I'll tell you, it'll be a bargain for someone. It'll be a Premiership club, I'm sure. I think no, the Premier, you would think with the Premiership, though, the difficulty is going to be that they'll all have sorted the salary caps for the season and budgets. Yeah, you might might yeah, be looking maybe. at some of the, the nouveau riche uh, South African teams, perhaps a wee return to the Stormers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that is an it would work out. It would work out Turning to the scene of the cream. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd be, able to, he'd be able to take them out in Glasgow when he when they come up to play us in the uh, in the exactly. ultimate ultimate wrestling challenge, oh, that oh, ultimate fighting rugby championship. Absolutely. <laughs> Just imagine um, the carnage if Hugh Jones took the, the Stormers boys out in Glasgow. It would be, there'd be, where's Doogie Donnelly's allies? <laughs> um, the other bits of news then, we've had a couple of additions to the, I mean, it's the, it's the Scotland squad, but I don't know, hey, are they all A internationals in the summer? Or is it just the England games in A game and then the rest are full cap? Yes. That's right. So, the Scotland squad, we've got a couple of uh, replacement cards. So Matt Ferguson, we knew, was in for surgery because um, he broke his arm playing uh, Leinster. And he is not being replaced because Mike Blair says they have enough back row options. However, it has freed up a space for Rory Hutchinson, who, which will satisfy every single rugby <laughs> Scottish rugby forum in the entire world. Because <laughs> now the answer has answered the question, where's Rory Hutchinson? 
he's back in the Scotland squad. Although, although there's never been any explanation as to why he wasn't in the first place and why he is now, other than we have a space for him. I kind of wonder if it was, you know, he's he's a regular at Northampton. And I wonder if there was a sort of, was he going to be a bit fatigued? Uh, obviously, you know, the SRU don't have any control over his play, uh, playload. Um, but it has been one of these, why isn't he playing? But then he's going to come in and he's going to probably be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I really he's, hope he's he doesn't, because he looks like a fantastic player, you know. But no. we, you know. He's never performed in a Scotland shirt, really. Um, at the moment, a chance, but, really. But, but, but yeah, well, like, look at Chris Harris, I suppose. You know, he, when, he, when he first came in, everyone slated him. But, uh, well, funnily, like I think the the best brief moments of Rory Hutchin I've seen in Scotland jersey would be when he came on as a sub in that uh, World Cup warm up game against France when we get done in France. Mm. But he looked like far more. I think Taylor and I can't mean to was in the field, but it was Taylor and someone else, and neither of them looked like any use. And Hutchinson looked like the only guy who could possibly break a tackle and get us some kind of attacking ball. Yeah, obviously, think, he's more of an attacking player centre yeah. uh, rather yeah. than, say, a solid guy like Harrison Johnson. Um, we'll see who gets on. You know. yeah. I, think, I, think, I think there's something in the idea, Ian, that they're because he's, he's essentially run two years of rugby together now. And I think we talked about it previously in the pod saying, you know, the SRU don't have control over him, but what they do have control over is those fixtures in the summer. So yeah. they can almost enforce a break with a view to a World Cup in two years. Yeah. Um, the other call-up, and this one's for you, Craig, is um, we've got <laughs> we've got the Adam McBurney, uh, Ulst, current Ulster hooker, but future Ember hooker, has yeah. been called up. And I got really excited when I saw this because I thought Dave Cherry had got a Lions call-up, but it turns out he's just injured. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's had a hand injury, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's an interesting one because uh, obviously... Uh, I know. Um, oh, I've forgotten the hooker's name. It played the young lad. Um, oh, we talked about last week, but I can't. Are you right? I can't remember his name. He's just gone right in my head. But but you would have thought. I know he's playing in the under twenties, uh, or he's been named in the under twenty squad. Um, but you would have thought he may he may have had a bump up um, rather than McBurnley. But I, be, I believe McBurnley is has been brought over because not only well because he's a, he's Scottish qualified. So I suppose if he's going straight in there, he looked all right um, against us um, when Ulster played us a couple of weeks ago, you know. But um, and he looks like he can do a job. But um, I think he'll he'll be behind the 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 queue of um, many other uh, Scottish shooters that will be, um, you know, he'll, he'll probably be coming in to hold a hold a, a rock him, a rock shield, you know. Yeah, I did like Jamie Ritchie, like when Edinburgh playing Ulster, telling the ref not to. Like yellow card <laughs> or send off um, McBurney. He's like, oh, he's playing for us next year, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want any bands carrying over into in our right, season. Smart. Speaking of Sam Skinner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. happened? I've just caught, I caught that today. What's What's happened there, Ian? Um, well, I've not actually seen the incident myself, but him and both him and Dave Ewers have been banned for four weeks uh, by the RFU, which is likely to rule them out of the Premiership final. Yes, um, yes, yeah. 
they've got, I think it's their one regular season game left, then there's playoff, then the final. So Skinner's involvement in the tour, it, it, it might be curtailed. Um, is was it... he, he was named in the original tour squad, though, wasn't he, Skinner? Yes, yeah, 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 he was. Yeah, well, what, what they're saying is he's, not, he's, he's done, he's, he's not going. But uh, um, I saw the, I, I watched the game and um, uh, I actually think he was the unlucky one out of the two. I thought, you know, Dave uh, Dave Ewers got got away with it. Got away. That sounds terrible, but a yellow card, um, and he should have been. He should have had a red, um, and that's obviously been, you know, um, that's obviously been backed up now by the Sighting Commission. But um, uh, Skinner was just lucky that um, Lord Farquhar was just a, a little bit too small, and and unfortunately when he went in to Faf de Clark, um, he, he he cracked him one in the head, you know. Yeah, doing a, doing a favour to the Lions, of course. I mean, you know, he's just doing his public public duty. Um, I suppose. I mean, he, yeah. he'll have an opportunity to appeal. The um, you're right though. You know, I mean, if he's if the appeal's unsuccessful, then it's there's little or no point in going on a Scotland tour because you'll you'll miss the next Premiership game, the final, presumably. Then you've got the England and Romania game would be four. England, so England only... game doesn't count. England game doesn't count. Doesn't count towards yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it not count towards a band as a competitive fixture. Nope. It'll be the two playoff games. It'll be the semi final final plus the two fixtures. So he is out the tour. If yeah. if he's banned for four weeks, he's out the tour. Unless he plays the, could he play the England A game? Could he play the game against England A? That so the England count. A game, I believe it doesn't count. It's an uncapped uh fixture thought, in that sense. And it doesn't count as a competitive fixture. I believe from the Twitter framework have seen that both him and yours uh, they pleaded not guilty, so yeah. I don't know if they can appeal it now, and that's why it was four. It was four weeks instead of three. If they pleaded right. not guilty, then they could get. Oh, sorry, if they'd accepted it, they'd get three. But because they pleaded not guilty, they got four. But if they got away with it, they could have played in the final. I think that's why they went. I with, suppose that'd uh, be the bit. That's the bigger game for. Well, I was going to say that's the bigger game for Skinner then, rather than going on a. What is essentially a development to Romania and Georgia? He knows he's already in and amongst the f- sort of big name twenty three. So you know, yeah. it, it's it's up to the likes of Hodgson and that to to push him out uh, rather than for for him to lose his spot. I'd say. I think the exciting thing is though, with, with regards to that too, is that the England a Scotland a match is going to be broadcast live on Channel Four. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that'd be good. So that'll be rather than rather than YouTube streamed on YouTube, which has always been the case with these <laughs> games. Or only online on the iPlayer if you check in a specific time, such as the Women's Six Nations was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I um I, I mean I was I'm pleased that England are no longer called the England Saxons because I understand why they've decided to drop that given the kind of connotations and the fact that that you know, the idea of Saxons has been adopted by far right groups, but I was kind of hoping that it'd be an opportunity to kind of rename the Scotland Day team with a decent name rather than just Scotland Day. Yeah, it's I think it's always been a bit of a missed opportunity that we could we could come up with something really creative. I think the, the, we've got the Irish Wolfhounds, I think the Scottish Unicorns would have been the way forward. <laughs> it's a national animal. No, I'd even just gone with Scottish Chiefs and actually have proper Chiefs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. What's the level below? Well, I don't know. I don't really understand the kind of ranking of um, Celtic tribes. What's the level below Chiefs? Because presumably it's the A squad. It's the level below. So you kind of be the Chiefs. You're the, what, assistant to the manager. Uh, assistant What's to the pos- Chief. 
Assistant <laughs> Chief. Your brain. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson and Braveheart. That's who you're. <laughs> Man at arms. The, the Scottish Gleesons. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that's it. Um, the other bit of news is that um, the, the the tournament that just won't die is that the Scottish Super Six is back. Completely, Yay! Forgot, it, completely forgot it existed. <laughs> So the Super Six is back after not really getting, to be fair, not really getting much of a chance to get um, off the ground. So there's going to be like a, uh, are they doing like a mini tournament they're doing from the 30th of July through to um, October with a final on the 15th of October. So it's like a condensed season. That's kind of like what they were doing in the first place because, you know, they it was a, a shortened season because they didn't, arrange any cross-border fixtures and then they were yep. going to have one after, like the sort of uh, Scottish-Welsh tournament. Um, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily hate the idea. I think it... I don't want to just disparage it straight away. I think it should yeah. be given time to, 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 to breathe, to develop it. But what I do disagree on is... I mean, what is it exactly? Because they're saying it's not a development system. It's a semi-pro thing, and that's why they don't mind when uh, a, an unnamed team from the West Coast, and there is only one, so we know who it is, um, start advertising for uh, front row forwards. Um, mm. So they're saying, oh, it's not really a development league, but this is where we're going to put a bunch of development players in. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I want to give it time to breathe, and you know there has been some decent players in it, and it would be, especially for Glasgow, like a couple of times... Uh, when I went, you saw the likes of Stafford McDowell and Rory Hughes playing because they weren't going to be in Dave Rennie's 800-man squad. Um, so so they got a chance to get at least a run out. Um, but it, it's... What is it? What are they trying to do with it? Is it... Yeah. But I want to succeed. I just... It, I think, I mean, it, it can't, it's... Organized. I think they're trying to have their cake and eat it a little bit with it. Is that they're trying to get rid of professionalism from the club rugby game because there were clubs, I mean, Craig will attest to this, so there were clubs within club rugby, like particularly like the re- like at regional club level, mm. paying guys to come over from New Zealand because they had somebody at the club that could give them a job or afford to subsidise their wage. Yeah, You know, like you'd go and play a club early in the season and you'd steamroll them, and then the second part of the season you find all of a sudden half the squad speaking with South African accents. And I think there's an attempt to get rid of that which I think is fair because then it rewards teams that have a good youth set up and are able to retain their players. But like you said, Ian, at the same time, I'm not entirely sure that, you know, that it, we want to be paying guys to come over from South Africa and New Zealand to play a, where there are very good players at club level who would be grateful and would grab both hands the, the opportunity to play at that level, so, but at the same time, I suppose you need a stop gap. So I don't, I don't know. I think you're right. I think it needs time to find its, find its feet. Do you agree with that, Craig? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit like Ian. I'm, a, I'm a little bit just unsure. Uh, there's a huge amount of Ferrari about it. There's a lot of people have a very, very 
um, strong opinion either way about it. Um, I'm kind of in the middle with it. I, I'd like to see how it goes and give it give it its chance because I don't think it's really had its chance. I would say, however, um, that the SRU have missed a huge opportunity to have um, uh, have clubs all around the country being involved in it, um, and I think that's that's maybe why that's maybe why we are sitting back. Go, well, I'm certainly sitting back going. Yeah, okay, I suppose because you know everything's a, everything's a uh, an hour and a half's journey to get to to go yeah. and watch a game. Whereas if we had, for example, Dundee went in for it, I know that you guys will be very vocal on Glasgow, um, you know. But we didn't, we haven't taken these teams on that 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 you could have actually tried to um, what's the word um, bring Scottish rugby as a whole club rugby together to back them um, now it's just another set of teams that were always kind of just winning anyway in the in, in the Prem and we're kind of just letting them crack on um, so I, I, it just they've missed a trick with yeah but I mean yeah, bring, I back region, bring back regional rugby I think that's the that you know and I think that it's disappointing that the franchises had the opportunity to do that to say you could have had an, one of the opportunities I think was for one of the options was for clubs to make joint bids for it, where you'd say, you know, we we well, all the clubs in the borders saying we'll put together a team and it will select from all the clubs in the borders and they'll play for the, you know, we'll, we'll put the best clubs in the board team players in the borders versus the best in the west, best best the best in the east and then the highlands and you know the the midlands and you could have. It, it could have been a really good development pathway and then there probably would have been more buy-in from. The clubs, because I mean, you know, I, you know, you, you'd if you, you know, if I saw that a lad for Berwick was getting a chance to go and play for the Borders team, and likewise, Craig, if you saw someone for Howard Fife was getting a chance to play for a team, then you'd have an interest. Absolutely, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. You kind of, if you look at it, if I'm talking to my son who's playing now, he's just going into Colts rugby. What the pathway is. Well, I'm only really talking about going into senior men's rugby within the Howard Five because okay, we've got Cal, we've got Cali, and we've got uh, these are all s- still going, um, but it's it, it's kind of under the under the radar. Whereas I would have thought the SRU have got or Scottish Rugby have got um, the, their uh, their media outlets all sorted out. They've got a fantastic social media presence. They, they, they should use that for the club rugby side of things as well. <sighs> Again, we could open up a whole can of worms with that one. Yeah, <laughs> Scot- Scottish rugby, Scottish rugby internationals have come from every part of Scotland, and by the the SRU made clear what the Super Six was when they didn't when they put three clubs in Edinburgh. They made clear what the Super Six was. It is a condensing of resources back into the part of private schools, back into the system that has failed Scottish rugby for years and will continue to do so. It is an absolute disgrace of leadership. I'm just furious about it. It's like when there was three clubs in there and were picked out, was it was just like, all right, so we're all going to wear sh- We'll just get new, new badges on them. That's it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah better, better not pick any poor people because... You know, you get Kieran Tierney turn up at Arsenal with his lunch and a Tesco bag and everyone loves him. I don't think he's at lunch in a Tesco bag state, but uh, I, I, know, I, know, I know the 
I know the story. No, he literally, yeah. <laughs> he did, he yeah, did. You know, you've got all these other guys like, oh, my Louis Vuitton lunchbox. He's like, all right, uh, man, got a meal deal at a Tesco. I've got a great package. <laughs> <well. laughs> and he, he still goes out and is one of the best players on the park. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. More of that in rugby. Um, should, we, should we move on to the to the Irk or the Ultimate Rugby Championship or the United Rugby Championship? I think go ultimate. I think they have to go ultimate. I think we'll call. I think for the purposes of this podcast, yeah. we're going to call it the ultimate rugby championship. Yep. I mean, it's like the Americans are going to call it like major league rugby. It's like man, you're like you know, I, you're not even super six like, <laughs> level. Like, major, major is below super. Like so, it's major super, super ultimate. Ultimate. Exactly. It'll also give it'll also give us a little bit more. You know, everyone keeps going on about the Gallagher Premiership looks down upon the uh, the Pro 14. Well, now we are the ultimate rugby championship. Exactly. So, take, take your Gallagher. What what what? Exactly. Uh, what descriptor oh, no. does Gallagher have? No. You know what? The U should have our undisputed undisputed rugby championship. <laughs> <laughs> Just Josh Taylor is like part of the logo. Whoever wins it is world champions. And listen, like the, the the United Rugby Championship, you got you can have all those suggestions for free. We won't even charge for those. <laughs> <laughs> who would like more videos? <laughs> who would like an explainer video for how the United Rugby Championship is going to work? Oh, mm. this not? isn't a choice because you're going to get one. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Just be like go. go and like get a bag of crisps. Or something. You can go and get a bag of. You got a time to get a bag of crisps. Go at the toilet. This takes I've a while. Cool. On we go. <laughs> the United Rugby Championship kicks off in September 2021, changing club rugby as we know it. South Africa's four elite teams, the South Sea Sharks, DHL Stormers, Vodacom Bulls, and Emirates Lions will join the best of Ireland, Italy, Scotland and Wales to form a 16-team league that will be bigger, bolder and stronger. Teams will play 18 regular season games, 9 at home and 9 away. After 18 games, the top 8 teams will qualify for the quarterfinals, followed by semi-finals and a final to determine who is the best of the best among these five powerhouse nations. Pools of four will allow each team to complete their home and away derby games. Each team will play six of their 18 games against their regional pool rivals. The remaining 12 games will be made from an even number of home or away games against the other teams in the league. Every team will be eligible to qualify for European tournaments and the regional pools and league table will be used to identify the top eight teams who make it into the Heineken Champions Cup. Every point won from all 18 games will contribute to a team's standing in their regional pools. The team that tops each pool will automatically qualify for the Champions Cup. Those four teams will then be removed from the league table and the four highest ranked remaining teams will also earn their place in the Champions Cup. The United Rugby Championship. Five nations, 16 teams, one champion. You got it? Clear? <laughs> yes. Yes. As, yeah. Cle- well, certainly clearer than having... A bit more clear than the conference model. Yeah. 
I think the um, I just um, Callum um, Kawebwe Callum no says with only no. two pro teams we're going to struggle, aren't we? Top of the Italian Scotland group, though. I mean, we'll probably come on to that in a bit. But so essentially, that we're in a the the Glasgow and Ember in a conference with Bennett and, and Zebra because all the other regions of the championship have four teams. Apart from us in Italy, who only got two, so we've been lumped together in the the you know the classic Italian Scottish way um, together. So yeah, we, how long till we get dropped for Georgian teams? <laughs> <laughs> or at least someone starts talking about it on the on the internet about it. You know, constant Twitter about it. You know, should be seeing Georgian teams coming in. It will it, that that discussion will happen after. First season when they realised that the Scottish teams have a huge body advantage because we're playing the Italian teams twice. Well, should we get on to that later? Let's just, uh, generally, John, I'll start with you. How do you feel about that? I mean, is it is it overall, it feels like a positive and a good thing? Uh, see, once I got my head around the video and realised that the because of the way they've done it, with the, each team at the top of the conference gets Champions Cup, and then it's everything under that. I think, like, genuinely, I think the Irish teams will be sitting there utterly livid at this because the 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 hashtag yes they are. <laughs> so if I was Danny Wilson or Richard Cockrell, I'd, as a Scottish rugby fan and as a Glasgow fan, I am jumping up and doing cartwheels just now because two games against Edinburgh, sorry guys, but you know, you're no Leinster. Two, 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 games, against, two, games, against, two games against two against against So that's that's ten points. And then Benetton, who let's let's be very clear, Benetton were mince this season. Lost. And until they turned they lost. They're about to become rainbow Cup champions. No, they're not. This is this is This is Benetton's Leicester City moment. This is Benetton's lost fifteen out of sixteen in regular season and then turned up for a Diddy Cup. It's what Edinburgh do all the time. Ooh, listen, it becomes a, it's, it's only a diddy it's only a diddy cup because you didn't get anywhere with it. I bet you you're in the final be oh this is the best since and sliced bread almost oh, like a bit of Sorry, no, I'm 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 talking about the eighteen seventy two bud, don't worry. <laughs> Craig, from what what's your view on this then? I mean it, uh, certainly I think that the format and the way the fixtures are gonna run, that the idea that we, we're not there's not gonna be any clashes with international Weekends feels like a positive move. Yeah, I'm I'm in with both feet. I'm I'm a happy guy. Um, I think it's a it's a, an incredibly positive move. Um, I think also the Pro 14 was getting to a point where it was Pro 12, then Pro 14, then it's going to be Pro 16, and everyone was just getting bored of it. And I think I think a little bit, even if even though we've decided to start calling it the ultimate, you know, the ultimate rugby championship, and this, I think it just it's an injection of something. Uh, of a little something just to make us all smile. Look at Richard Cockrell today was was incredibly positive about it. Now, okay, fair enough, he has to be because he's there's, there's no much else to do. But uh, I think he's I think he's looking at it and going, well, actually, you know, we've we've got the opportunity to come out top of the um, top of that year of 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 that um, conference and then uh, not second, first me. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, uh, I think. Uh, 
but it's an incredibly it's a positive thing, and I'm uh, I'm quite happy. I've renewed my season ticket. Good, good. Right. I mean, it, it does feel exciting because I think there there is something to aim for for every team in that. I suppose the question is, and I know we've joked about it, you know Italy, John, there, and I'll ask this to you, Ian, that we are in a pool with the Italians. And as much as the Irish are moaning about the fact that essentially they've only got one bite, that only one team, one of their team is going to qualify for the, you know, the Heineken Cup. But potentially, from a Scottish point of view, we've put ourselves, we've voted to put ourselves in a position where we might not qualify. None of our teams will qualify at all if, say, Benetton are able to reproduce the form from the Rainbow Cup. Um, yeah, and you know, also not, let's not forget that you know, Benetton. A couple of years ago, for in the in the playoffs for the Pro 14, so it's more. I think that their season this year it was almost like Glasgow season that they were still rebuilding and finding their feet because you know Glasgow were muck to begin with, and now we're starting to find our, our way. And, and I think it may have been the same with Benetton. Um, I mean, it's just that you know they've. With the South Africans coming in, the quality level is just going to raise all around mm-hmm. the bar. And what it means as well is that uh, the likes of Wales, you know, I mean, was it, apparently Alman Jones hadn't played a club game in Edinburgh since like 2006. Yeah. No, he'd only, he'd only played he'd only played against the Border Reavers. Mm-hmm. That's, that, right, he'd only, yeah. that's the only game he yeah. played out in Scotland was... The only game that wasn't a you know an international was against the Border Reavers. So if this ensures, and especially because it's you know games are outside the test windows, if it means that there are the international players going to be turning it for club sides, it will raise more interest. It will raise quality because it has been the fact that uh, you know I mean this last season in particular, uh, the Irish teams completely smashed the floor with everyone. Uh, whether whether it was a very attractive sale of rugby or not is a is another matter, but I think as well you know if if you're Munster and Ulster who are so set piece dominant, they're going to cover against South Africans and they're not going to bully teams the way they will, so it's going to have to make them change their style. Uh, it's also going to you know make us harder. Um, but the Irish, it seems like the Irish clubs they want to. Almost make a U- Europa Super League uh, kind of idea. Like everything should be based on merit. It's like they're trying to close the shop. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, then all you're going to get is the same teams playing each other over and over again. Um, and it's not going to raise standards for Italian or Scottish or Welsh teams, who we do know have world class players, but we just don't have the budgets of the French and the English. And also, let's not forget, I mean, they seem to forget that both like Edinburgh and Glasgow were in the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup, not so recent, uh, you know, just a couple of years ago. And when Glasgow made the Champions Cup quarterfinals, who have we run into? The, the, the team who have been demoted for cheating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know, yeah, if you're wanting to just like, in, like further make that gap bigger by just giving more money to the big teams, just because it suits you, that's fine. Yeah, that's 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 pure rugby rugby values, isn't it? 
I think that's <laughs> that's the interesting thing with the Irish objection to this because they feel they're being hard done by in the fact that they're in a conference with the other Irish team, and so you got one you know one Irish team gets the opportunity to qualify from being top. And is it? I mean, my reading so of it is four teams qualify for the Heineken Cup, and then the next best four place teams in the league would qualify for the championship is that right no that's not right so it's the it's the top four teams don't make me so play the video again john one from each uh, no i've Whoa. got this I, i've got this under control troops one from each conference so the top of each conference and then it's the next four teams in the ranking table so those teams get taken out the ranking and then it's the next four so the next four best placed teams so go into the champions teams. cup as well so there is still a level of meritocracy to it, and there is a level of meritocracy. Yeah, so there are, oh, there's no meritocracy anymore, right? It's just you whining because you're not getting. So, it's just the IRFU whining, particularly Leinster whining because they're not getting their own damn way. So I think I think there's a, an opportunity here for Irish rugby that they're not really noticing, and it's because they don't want to reveal that they've done it in the past. There is an opportunity. They have got two games against each of their provinces. They are all under Irish rugby control. They can make sure those results suit those Irish provinces to their heart's content. So if they need a wee, a wee draw at the end of the season, brilliant. Batter in, guys. On you go. I think the interesting thing for me is that you know, Irish teams wanting a level playing field conveniently forget Craig. Conveniently forget Craig that you know that the. the the ultimate rugby championship still has no salary cap, you know, unlike the English Premiership. And so English teams and French teams, who I think are subject to similar, you know, a, a different level of salary cap, but salary cap nonetheless, and different constraints within French rugby for number of players and you know, qual- French qualified players. You know, the, 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 the English and the French teams would say the same as the Scottish and Irish teams that, well, we're not playing again on a level playing field with the Irish provinces who... You know, seem to produce have this endless kind of you know stream of players that can just come in and slot in unnecessarily, and you you know just slot in wherever they're needed without having any financial constraints placed upon them. So yes, they are competing against each other now for European Cup places, but at the same time, no one's asking them where all the money's coming from. Yeah, I think I think also the the, the good thing about it is that. They can spend, you know, currently they can spend what they want um, on their teams, but it's only going to affect their four teams at the moment. Um, okay, fair enough. Whatever team comes up and, and and gets the chance to go into the finals of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, the finals of the um, of the ultimate rugby championship, um, yes, they've spent a huge amount of money if they if they want to, but uh, I think it's we've been operating, you know, especially the the two pro clubs in Scotland have been. And I, and I guess it's the same for the Italians. We've been banging our head against the brick wall um, because of the money that's in the Irish game. Um, and I think uh, it'll be nice to see what the South African clubs bring, the, the real South African clubs bring um, to Leinster and to Ulster and to uh, Munster. Um, and I think it will do nothing but just bring our game up. Um, and uh, you, you never know. You might see the... Um, uh, a little bit more private investment in the Scottish clubs, or, or at least the SRU releasing the, the, the a little bit more, a, a few more pounds out of their their pocket into the into the two pro clubs as well. I suppose the question is, Ian, does this? The, the, obviously, it has a better impact in terms of the quality of competition that we're going to get more um, of the national players being in the competition because there's more at stake. But conversely, the 
international weekends, I suppose, have been an opportunity for the younger players to be exposed. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't have you know the, the, these younger players that come through, particularly Glasgow, have, have used their younger players very well in the Rainbow Cup. That that's maybe the downside of it is that it's going to force teams to play their established stars rather than giving the younger players a chance. There's still going to be rest protocol, so um, you know, obviously Scotland, uh, Glasgow, Edinburgh players—they're all sort of centrally contracted. Um, so there is um, there's limits on workload. Um, so I don't think it would be massively different. And also, the, I mean, you look at the fact that I mean, whereas Glasgow have been like dying out for a actual standoff for the last couple of years. You know, if you know, if Hastings was away, that was us done. Um, now we've, you know, Duncan Weir's coming back. John say nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, Diego Miotti and you know Ross Thompson stepped up to play, and he's um, uh, you know maybe a spoiler for the news section for going to it. But uh, Ross Thompson has won Young Player of the Year and uh, Supporters Player of the Year at Glasgow Warriors. Now, Young Player of the Year, I've got no problem with. Because uh, he stepped up to the plate and he's been absolutely fantastic, and I think we're going to see progression there. Um, so you know, now there is that strength and depth at Glasgow. Uh, I look forward to this competition because it means that the good ones, even when the the best are away, we're still going to have better backup, and it means that when those backup guys do step up, they're playing against better teams. So it's not just walkovers like, you know, putting 70 points on Zebra, as it always was. You know, sometimes we'll be playing good South African teams. Yeah. I mean, that's the interesting thing, isn't it, Craig, that we, you know, we we play South Africa once every two, three years in the autumn and then occasionally you might be unlucky enough to draw them in the, um, you know, draw them in the World Cup. But from a, from a Scottish point of view, to be playing these players week in, week out, it can only be a good thing. For me, um, yes, I absolutely agree. And and not only it's not just for the teams. Um, you know, uh, Edinburgh. You know, they've all they're always well known for their 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 their, their forwards working, they're hitting the, hitting the ball up and using their big guys to rattle the ball through the through the field. They'll come up against it with the South African clubs. But it's not just that; it's bringing people, especially Edinburgh, who are needing to bring as many fans as they possibly can to the new place. Um, you're going to have people coming to see. Um, Steph Detroit plays. Um, uh, come and see uh, Mapimpi play. They want to see these players, and if we can, and I, I think it's you're not you're not just going to get to see them in a uh, in a South African shirt. You're getting to see them in a in a club game, um, playing your team, and I think it's it, it should hopefully be a, a fantastic thing for both Glasgow and Edinburgh. Yeah, the other. Um thing that there's kind of hanging over all this is that South Africa is still in the rugby championship and the end of the rugby championship overlaps with the start of the ultimate United rugby championship. So I assume the South African teams are going to have a rest period and then pick up their fixtures during the Six Nations when you look at the fixture list. But there is that element, I suppose, that, you know, do do we end up with a six or seven nations in the Northern Hemisphere, John? Do, do South Africa come up? You know, that's that's the their teams can now qualify for the European Championship and the European Cup. Do do we now end up with a Seven Nations in the Northern Hemisphere versus the 
rugby championship in the south yeah absolutely so that was the big one and i think that said in our, our little group chat as well as soon as so the the when the south african teams coming in before it was always about it was opportunistic from the the pro 12 as it was at the time but there was the that that incentive of european qualification that was the barrier that was what said, you know what, actually, you're part of our league, but you know what, you're not really that welcome. We'll take your TV money and we'll play against you, but actually, you know, this isn't sustainable. There's four teams in there, they've given them European qualification. That is the absolute beacon to say, Do you know what, it's time for South Africa to come come north. Up you come, boys. I instant a fishing sign for those on audio here. Uh, <laughs> it is time for... South Africa to bring now. South Africa have, and it's been widely reported, their TV revenue within the the Sanzar, as it was. What their TV revenue was huge. That is going to be a huge incentive for, us. for example, an investor like CBC to encourage a South African side to maybe come north and be part of a a, a championship. Could it be seven teams? I reckon they would have to... Seven teams is awkward. Like, Five Nations was always awkward. <laughs> so, seven teams is awkward. So, could you see another team in there? Perhaps just to appease those who may suggest that Georgia should be in there? I think if you're looking at market... This is going to sound really harsh now. Palace has no doubt. I think if you're, looking at market, if you're looking at markets, it's Japan or the USA. But I think it's more likely the USA for travel time and convenience. If you're going to make it a Northern Hemisphere Championship, it's it's not that's not fair on other countries who are better than the USA. But from a from a from a market's point of view, if you're money, doing money, Northern, money. yeah, if you're doing a, a, an annual yeah. Northern Hemisphere tournament, that's where you go. And we're saying oh. CBC CBC are in charge, so you know, let's be honest, they'll they'll be they'll be calling the shots. Or then does it, do, do we just go to a full global tournament, not the Nations World, League, World League? Yeah. I mean, even look at the, the fact that Fiji have had to cut uh, Semi Ranvara um, from their squad for this, uh, you know, this sort of Pacifica tournament. Why? So they can because uh, he's playing for Bristol. Okay, so I'm still, I'm still not hearing, I'm still not hearing a why, but okay. What he's playing for Bristol, so they they've had to cut what because of COVID or no? Because he can't play. Hang on, right? Where is it? Uh, <laughs> Is it you can't get over in time for the start of the tournament? Yeah, yeah, I think that's and isolate. Yeah. Aye. Aye. So the isolation periods. Aye, that's right. Okay, that's that's not going to last forever. I think the other the, the other thing though is that this is uh, this feels like I suppose the United Rugby Championship feels like the first step in recognizing the need for a global season, where you have club rugby, for want of a better expression, professional club rugby, acknowledging that that it's an irrelevance during the international window. Nobody, apart from those, apart from the diehard fans, and I'm speaking to somebody who's completely, we've said before, I'm apathetic about pro rugby. It's a means to an end for me. It always has been. I think this might change things because most people would consider pro rugby a complete irrelevance during the international windows. And I think this feels like an acknowledgement that that is the case. But what it does do is it means that it it, it it puts it actually puts pro club rugby on a on an equal footing with international rugby because it's not competing anymore. So these situations where you've got overlaps of players and 
if that can translate to other leagues, then that's that's good for the sport overall. And it feels like we've suddenly it's taken coronavirus to do, but suddenly we're moving to a place. And I'll I'll, I'll throw this to you, Craig. It feels like we're moving to a place where a, a global season might be achievable. Yeah, um, but you've also got to think of. Um, for me, it's it's a money situation as well, um, because not everyone's going to those who have gone and paid to go to Murrayfield to go and watch a watch a Scotland international game, um, and then there's another there's an Edinburgh game um, around the same weekend. They're not going to spend or or the, or the week before. They're not going to spend their money to go. Uh, unless they're diehards like myself, but they're not going to spend the money to go to, to, to an Edinburgh game that they think, well, I'm not going to see the stars of Edinburgh play because they're all off with Scotland. So I think I think it's a mixture of CBC flexing their, wanting their money, um, uh, their, their investment um, to work, um, but also the global um, rugby season. What get, It makes sense, finally. And this is what, just as you've said, it just drives me crazy that they're actually. This is the first time anyone's thought about it. Um, it just it's it's madness, you know. Um, I think well, I think they've probably thought about it. It's just that it's been unpalatable. In getting, the, yeah, getting the also getting the, uh, the the SRU and the RFU and everyone to actually and the clubs to all work in the same direction. Um, I can imagine it's uh, quite difficult. Yeah. I think it's also an opportunity, just as a final point, to uh, reflect on, like, so, and it's actually, we'll come full circle a wee bit here, but from a Scottish perspective, we talked about, you know, we might see our internationals a wee bit more in the club game, the pro club game, I should say. We might see that actually the requirement for the 50, 52, 53, 55-man squads that we've seen in the pro game might actually dissipate slightly. And with that, there's a cost element to that. But also then that puts the pressure on that next tier. And that's where Irish rugby, Welsh rugby have probably got it a bit more sorted. That's where the Super 6 comes in. And that's mm. where the SRU have absolutely ripped us. Because if they set that up properly, with a view to it is the next tier of rugby, then you can understand like this situation works perfectly in the SRU's favour. They have smaller streamlined squads for the pro teams with that step up not being as big. But it's not the case. Yeah. And that's the, I suppose that's that's where you know we'll we'll see how that pans out, won't we? With with the Super Six. Is it genuine you know, it, that it, if that's the case, it needs to be a development league. Because otherwise you're gonna have guys within a fifty man Edinburgh squad who won't even get a look in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Any more for the ultimate fighting championship before we move on? Nothing not. No, no, yeah. sounds good. We'll look forward to it. We, we good. Have news to do. I don't think oh we've got this um uh lad. do you know are you gonna do the mullet thing then, Ian? Oh, there's that and also the community awards. Community awards, yep. Yeah, yeah yep. I don't know. We've not, I kind of feel like we've run out of time to do the community awards this week, but I do oh, want right. to do it. So we'll, yes. we'll maybe throw that to next week because I think it's worth highlighting a couple of um, yeah, I don't some think, of the winners. I don't think they've done them all either. Like, they've done two Glasgow ones. Canvas Langton, bloody well, would it be? As, as did Southern County, I've noticed. Yeah. Um, 
mullet thing, yes. Um, yes. So right. this is, uh, if you go to, I've got to get the right account. So if you... Uh, the, the, dirt, the dapper dirty mullet for, uh, it's for Dory. Um, so the Twitter handle is at boss, B-O-S-S. Right, we're going to have to like definitely post this. Post, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, po- post but, it in the chat. Yeah, uh, make, yeah, yeah. It, make it nice and easy to spell, mate. Uh, so it's a uh, boss <laughs> A Y A W H I N G. That's like bossy or hang, bossy or hang. Boss or hang. I'm pretty sure he's Scotch qualified as well. <laughs> Bravo, Oscar, Sierra, Sarah. Sierra, Alpha, Yankee, Alpha, Whiskey, Hotel, India, what's it in again? November. November, isn't it? <laughs> oh, aye. So, um, aye, nice and handy. Yeah, so it's about growing a mullet for, uh, you know, Doddy. Dirty mullet for MND, I think is the D- thing. Dirty, so or, a... dirty or dapper. Um, and also, like, scenes. Last time I shaved my hair off, it's coming back in now, and I'm already starting to get that kind of neck to where, where does neck hair end and head hair begin, sort of thing. Your, um, your toes, mate, that's where it ends and begins. I've got I'm a just... mullet anyway, but that's only because I'm cutting my own hair. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of get to that bit at the back. And my, wife, sure. my wife only touches, she's convinced she's going to cut, cut me. <laughs> I'm, I'm... <laughs> Protective shield on it, it's fine. Oh, did you, oh, we've got a where's do. Uh, a we have got. Thing. We've got a late where's do Donna from all up eighty four says he saw uh, Stuart McAnally in the Gorgie Aldi today. Lots of protein yogurt. I, I actually have a mullet. I actually have a where's do Donna as well. Go on then, eat John. I so I spied Jamie Batty hanging out at the Five Sisters Zoo. Um, we we had a look. The Five we, Sisters Zoo is the Five yeah. Sisters is a pub in Edinburgh. What is that? Five, like a... Five Sisters Zoo is over in Livingston area, West Calder, and Jamie Batty and we exchanged a look. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I know you. I think I know you too. Hubble <laughs> chaps. We exchanged a look. What over the meerkats or? Uh, no, so it was actually in a queue, so it was a bit awkward. Queue for ice cream van. Uh, no, we weren't in an ice cream van, but then I quickly googled him and I came across his rugby pass interview, uh, and I was like, "Oh, bloody hell!" Yeah. Hadn't read that. Uh, but yeah, so Jamie, I believe Jamie was hanging out at the Five Sisters Zoo. Oh, that's a good. That's a good way to do. I mean, I'm wondering whether or not Ember playing Stuart McAnally enough if he has to get his protein yogurts from Aldi. He's repairing. He's repairing. He's, he's tell you what. For quite a while. The, the protein yogurts at Aldi are really good. Like, let's be honest, they're pretty. Like, you've got you've got a number of different options. You could go skier. There's also like the proper twenty two percent protein ones, which are pretty good. Listen, if Aldi want to sponsor us, our Manscape uh, sponsorships cut up at the end of June. So get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, last Stuart one. Paul. Just arranged. They've got a like a big, massive. Uh, it's an industrial state, so they've got a runway for him to land his jet on, so he can go in and get all the yogurt he wants. Nice. Well, Paul says he's, he, he ate pizza next to John Barclay, Mamma Mia, in the grass market at his son's birthday party. I assume that's pre-COVID, though. Um, shall we move on? Let's let's move on, and we will do this. Who has got the hand in the rock? 
Everyone's Is Cammy frozen? Cammy's, Cammy's left himself on mute. Camster, you're on mute, so. Is that the universal sign language for mute? No, I was, like in relation to me, I was going to try and point at him. I'm fine. Yeah. It was just I, got, I had a lag, a wee internet lag. We're sorted now. We're back. How, back. How's it now? Is, is lag okay? The lag's fine. I'm pleased. Yeah, mate. I'm, I'm very grateful to you both for filling. I could hear you filling in my in my. You were filling in my ears. You were coming in my ears. <laughs> your background. Really, really, you want to go that? Cammy, your background makes you look, look like you're in a square of Tron or something. I know that's it. I am. I'm broadcasting from inside the Matrix. Nice. Is that, is that actually? So I just want to check. Is that actually like you know you get those podcasting lights that Ian should have invested in by now? No, is that, is that why? That's 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 outside. Those there's a blind hashtag exclude. Ah. I've said before, the room I'm broadcasting from is, is my kids' playroom. So I've got toy trains. I've got a, got a Mickey Mouse car down here. Do you have the instruments that you used on various podcasts in the past? Because I think this could be really useful for Taskmaster. Yes! Nice. <laughs> yes is the answer to that. Scottish Keyboards, the, the, the batteries on the... Uh, Barry on the keyboard's run out, so I can't do the show. I can't just, try and recreate the Grand Scan theme tune, which I completely just, forgot how it went. Just to check, Cam, can you play the solo to uh, Long Way at the Top, the bagpipe solo on your um, little horn thing there? Can, can you play the that? The problem with this one, the problem with this one is it doesn't do notes. Now, there is another one here. If I can find it. We might be able to get some notes out of I've got tambourines. <laughs> shakers. Yeah, oh, for, for the audio podcast, Cammy, you I've got the trumpet. The trumpet that does work. So what uh, you what you have to? I take. I'll take uh, the quest now for hands. The, 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 the solo to long way at the top. Uh, <laughs> the oh, that's solo. too tricky. I could probably do. Um, you know, <laughs> now I can do. I can. I, I can do. I can do nursery rhymes on it. That's bit. It's not got the range. Actually, more notes than in your average ACDC song. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just like to say that if anyone is listening to this podcast and they've been uh, touched by the events of tonight and want to reach out to us and donate money to us, please, please do. Um, it's <laughs> obvious we need it. <laughs> yes, I can do. I, mean, I can do. I can do. Cowbell, black. <laughs> That's back in black. <laughs> I has. Uh, yeah. Rodrick yeah. says more cowbell. I haven't got a cowbell. I've yeah. no cowbell, unfortunately. Sorry. I I had to no I had to in- innovate a cowbell during our epic cover of Killing in the Name of. Uh, I had to innovate a wee cowbell because uh, I didn't have one, so I used the, like the rim of the symbol and then a wee tappy tap. It was beautiful. Well, we're not here to we're not here to kind of yep. take requests. Um, we're here to we still we're, our, 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 the hands in the rockies are any of us. Me and George are starting podcast. a wedding band, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> with with carry on plastic instruments. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So it's uh, hands in the rock. I'll start with John. I'll start with you. What's your hands in the rock this week? So it's a really, really simple one, and actually we've we've kind of joked about it in this one, but it's the the way that Benetton have suddenly become the greatest Northern Hemisphere team in the world ever uh, by winning a Diddy Cup that nobody gave two plats about. That's because um, they are. Well, I mean, I mean, they are. I mean, even if, <laughs> even I'm showing my colours tonight. I'm like, right, come on, Benetton, let's do this. Look, let's be honest, right? It's worked out in their favour. They had a good couple of results. They've done it with the skin of their teeth. I've said that a few times. Um, it's easier to win short championships. Benetton are not a good team. They are not a good team. They have managed to string a couple of results together in the same way that many teams have strung a couple of results together. Remember the cheetah side from a few years ago who were pretty average but managed to get a few results and got to a, got to a, a pro fourteen uh, playoff. Look, Benetton are not that good, and I think the South African teams will very quickly show up the discrepancies in Northern Hemisphere play, and I think Benetton will be found out. Um, so, if we could all just like ditch the Benetton hype train and realise where we are. That would be nice, guys. I think it's time for reality, please. I suppose the flip side of that is whether or not the South African teams find the Scottish sides out, though. Well, they might. They might. And that's the thing. But actually, what I'm concerned about is now we've got the 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 world beating Benetton in our group. Um, I think it's important for us to realise that they are not brilliant and therefore Scotland teams should be absolutely scudding Benetton we should still be setting our stall out to absolutely smash them Presumably though what we need to do, what Scottish teams need to do is not scud them too much so that the Irish teams and the Welsh teams don't start complaining and saying that we should reorganise the conferences so we need to be a win, win by just enough to make it look like they're competitive so that we can keep that conference So and score four tries Scud the Welsh yeah. Oh, absolutely. That'd be beautiful. Bravo. So score, score four tries and then let them have three. Anyway, to be honest. Get it, let, yeah. let them score a losing bonus point. You get a bonus point wins. Let them score a losing bonus point. And then when and then scud the rest of the table. And then when everyone says, ah, but you've got the Italians in your group, go, ah, but they're competitive. Is that the request? One score game, guys. One score game. <laughs> Nah, I, I think I think we just need a wee bit of a reality check. Like, so people that are saying that the new conference system is like a bad thing for Scotland, it is absolutely not. And that we have more games again. Well, let's let's do Zebra for example. Zebra are the whipping boys and have been for so many years. We've got two games against them each. That's brilliant. Yeah. Let's let's just I'm put, put pin in this point of the podcast to bring it back at the end of the season, John. Yeah, yeah you had a point. Right. Are, are, right. are Zebra any worse than Dragons? I yes. know Dragons managed to beat us like Quant- year, quantifiably, times, yes. Because, yeah. They've got some talent coming through. Whereas, like, I, I mean, right, Dragons is like. It's 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 the B end of the Welsh retirement village. It's like Glasgow in a bit, like a, a, in a way that we used to 
bring people back, like Richard Howard. Did you see, like, I did not recognise Richard Howard when he went on the pitch a couple of weeks ago. Cut his he hair. Had, yeah, he's cut his hair. Yeah, yeah. He was like, who's, yeah. all that dude with, who's that dude with the tattoos? It's Richard Howard. But, um, that's, it. that's him accepting that he's balding and old, mate. Oh, good. Because that is ridiculous. I, 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 um, I think you're going a, bit, a little bit nuclear on the old Italians because if you look at the, what they've, what they're having to, or, or, or their setup as a, as a whole, um, to do what they're already doing and some of the scalps that Benetton have taken already um, uh, within the uh, over the last few years of the Pro 14 has been, uh, you know, they are when when they get the act their act together, they are very very good, uh, or well, they can be good. They can pr- put some. Um, some decent play together. Um, and also you've got to remember, when, if we look at the Rainbow Cup, half this, the South African stars aren't going to be coming up to the uh, up to the final um, because Razi Rasmus has said, no, uh, they're, they're not travelling. Um, so it, it'll be an interesting one. But I, I think I think Benetton, yes, there's a there's the hype train and everyone's going, oh, come on, Benetton, and this, that and the other because they're going up against the South Africans. But I, I just think, It'll be an interesting one over the next, and just as as Cami said, we'll, we'll see what happens at the end of the the the, uh, the season and see where they are. Yeah. Just to be very, just to be very clear with regards to the Rainbow Cup, right? Benetton's Rainbow Cup results. Yes, they pumped Glasgow. Let's let's ignore that for a second. I never mentioned that. <laughs> I, ne- I never talked about that once. And that's and that's to your credit, Craig. Well done. What? <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is this is the right. So. Anyone questioning the conference system that is now in place, here you are, right? They beat Zebra by five points. They then beat Zebra by seven points. And they beat Connacht. Right, so you're beating the weak, weakest Irish province and you're beating your rival, who are utterly mince, twice. They are not Rainbow Cup champions. That is nonsense, guys. They then got a walkover against the Welsh team, who would probably have beaten them. Just saying. Okay, well, I mean, I, I like the Rainbow Cup because it was utterly mad and everyone started playing rugby rather than the normal yeah, Pro yeah, rugby, so yeah. that was in it to its credit. Um, Craig, what's your hands in the ruck? Um, for me, it's a, a basic one, um, and I'm going to go and bang the Edinburgh, Edinburgh drum tonight. Um, I, I, <laughs> John is currently banging his hand in a, in a, in a drum movement, but uh, uh, for me, um, I was Premier Sports are doing my head in and have done my head in for the last... Um, uh, year and a half, two years. Um, we went to the fair enough. It was a dead rubber of a game, um, Edinburgh v Scarlets this weekend. But we had four pundits, all Welsh. Didn't know half of the half of the um, the Edinburgh team. Um, couldn't talk about half of the Edinburgh team. Um, and then when it came to at the end, oh, what's your predictions? Oh, it was all Scarlets are going to win. Um, I just. If you're going to be a professional TV organisation, I know that we're struggling for travel and things like that, but at least represent the other team um, a little bit. Um, and I just was very, uh, it just boiled my pee. Um, I was very, very grumpy with it. Um, and I just felt that, that Edinburgh deserved a little bit more respect. I think the interesting thing, isn't it, that with the, the Ultimate Rugby Championship, we're talking about new broadcast rights there's no guarantee that the premier you know premier are going to get that that the suggestion is it's going to be bbc some element of bbc so i suppose it's how much investment the bbc alba or bbc scotland is, is willing to put 
into it. And I suppose the question is, which comes first? You know, is it does like a Scrum Five survive because it exists and therefore gives a I don't know a platform to Welsh rugby, or is the fact that Welsh rugby is perceived as being popular in Wales the reason why you have Scrum Five promoting? So I don't know. I think that's the. I agree with you, Craig. That you know, Premier Sports have done a done Scottish teams the dirty overall. Although we've you know we've had reasonable representation at times, it's I worry. I suppose a little bit of what we're now going to get with the ultimate rugby championship. Yeah, I, I just I, I'm I'm concerned that the the, the the new championship is going to be split over over two or three different um, different. Um, TV companies, and you're going to have to search for it. I'm concerned about that, or you're going to have to have three or four different subscriptions to 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 get to see get to see your team play every single game. Um, but also, just little things like it, the when we were piping in crowd noise, the crowd noise that Premier Sports used to pipe in was just white noise. It was horrendous. And at least this time, we got to hear Frank Murphy's. Um, bind echo throughout the the, the ghost town that was Park of Scarlets, but um, uh, it, it was just uh, you know they. I just feel if they're going to if, if they're going to be taken try to be taken seriously, they need to take the team seriously and get a bit of respect from the fans and from the teams. And I just felt this weekend was yes, fair enough. There wasn't a lot to be to be won out of, or there wasn't a lot of purpose out of that game. But I just felt they deserved to respect the players and the fans a little bit more than they did. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Ian, your hands in the rock. Um, well, I would just like to second uh, Craig there. Maybe it's you know we're hearing things through slightly blue tinted uh, speakers, but it, it does seem like the Welsh and um, Irish commentary teams on Premier Sports are particularly parochial and biased. Uh, what what's my hands on rock now? Does he now Cammy's left and also these are completely you know, they're not uh, consequential things. But my ass my eye's been twitching for a while and it started twitching again. Really <laughs> confused. Um what's annoyed me this week? John, tell me what's annoyed me this week. Maybe nothing's annoyed you. I, I think maybe I that's why you're twitching because nothing's annoyed you. I, I, th- I think yeah. Craig's got a very valid point. I think so. I was actually I was going to interject when Craig was talking about um, multiple different subscriptions and the phrase "Where is the game?" I was thinking. I I, I mean I I was hashtag pray for Ian at that point because I was thinking of the forum and thinking how absolutely livid oh, you would God. be if it if it was on multiple. Like even though we've had two years of Premier Sports having all the fixtures, what channel is it on? What channel is it on? It's like well, it'll be so, one of the like, Premier Sports channels. Or that's nothing. Like so, we know that S four C are probably going to get free to air stuff, uh, mm. but I, I still think that Prem are going to hold rights to everything. But it's just in certain areas they'll give out highlight reels or uh you know uh, language based rights or, or Welsh uh, Gaelic Gaelic, you know, they'll dish them out. But everything if you want everything will be on prem. And also th- the fact they've got the top fourteen now as well. So we get yeah. to see Finn Russell. Finn Russell. I, th- I think that I think there's a market for Scottish rugby on free air if it was done properly. I think you could easily. I think. I think if 
somebody had the guts to do it. There's a market for a Scottish rugby magazine type show that includes the Super Six. I know the SRU did did a deal, but it includes a bit of Super Six, a bit of club rugby, and and the pro, you know, the alternate rugby teams as well. Could, but could I don't we do know. That? I was just going to say, is this not a current uh, sales process? Well, that's our, that's our pod, that's our podcast. Isn't Absolutely, that's, that's, that's what we try and do. If if someone wants to supply us with some footage, we will give commentary over the top of it. It will be beautiful. Yeah, you know, I I have a film degree, so I can film it all. If you're filming, if you're filming, will not get to hear your repertoire, your witty repertoire, and there's no stuff. You know, we're trying to have you filming, you know. That's true. You know, we should do it. I think we, I think we should do it. Kind of, we could make it meta and kind of include Ian from the gallery, couldn't we? Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. But we're breaking <laughs> all the walls. I know. <laughs> just the fourth wall. Every wall. We get in touch, BBC. tube of walls just getting smashed. I like, I, I think, a bit, you know, like in Waynesville, where they recreated Wayne's basement. Yes. To do the TV show. Yeah. I yep. think they we should get BBC Scotland down to recreate my kids' playroom, and we should then recreate <laughs> that on a soundstage. Yeah, chipping over musical instruments, never mind. <laughs> that would be no worse than the View from a Terrace show that was on BBC Scotland the other night. Uh, <laughs> so I think we are on to something, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's one that's got uh, that had your like. Your big captain. Oh, look at the Scotland players not taking knee. How shameful those Scottish rugby players. Is that blah, all for, blah, old, blah. old farm facts? No, no, no. I think it was that Craig Fowler guy. Maybe. Um, all I, I think all, all I want is all I want is Peter Reid to come in and be a Roman reporter now and then, and just uh, uh, Peter Wright, I should say. Um, just come right. in and just oh, yeah. break. <laughs> he'll talk about breaking walls. Then he'll be the man. Like he's, he's, he's everything. He's a long. Do you remember um, Andy Townsend's tactic trucks that they tried on? Um, they tried that on match match of the day back in the day when when it went to ITV for a bit. We could Peter Wright's a long distance lorry driver. We could get him to do the tactics truck live from an actual truck on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Just give him a FaceTime from his cabin. If we if we time it right, he'll be on his he'll be on his forty five minute break. Uh, we're not breaking his tackle. He'll just get us straight onto the truck. That'd be absolutely sensational. And then we, we could, go. if we if we time it properly, we could actually go and live stream Faze truck. But no, if if we, you know, if he's doing like a, you know, a, a cross channel run, you know, we can probably watch all of the European Championships uh, while we wait and queue it over. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's good. Um, yes, we could. So my hands in the, it's kind of linked to this in a way. Is I've been, I suppose, it's just the realization now that Scotland are in a an international football tournament for the first time in decades. How much of a minority sport rugby is in Scotland? I think we've had it we've had it good for the last kind of ten years, maybe that as the particularly on the Vern, Vern Cotter as the results got better, you can you know we, 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 on paper the rugby teams be more successful than the football team, and you think things are really going well here, and then you just look at the amount of content the BBC has put out over the European Championship in terms of getting bloggers, comedians, people doing daily content, and you compare that to what went out over the Rugby World Cup, which was Nothing. sweet FA. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we were just pish at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, 
if I'd knocked a couple of buildings in, I could see Hamden from where I live. Yeah. Right. And uh, what's like Scotland rugby friendlies pull in way more than Scotland football friendlies. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the first time there's only been like not even twenty thousand people over there. You know, they put on all these extra like gates at Glasgow Central for at the train station, and you can just walk in, just like. All right, I don't have to walk through this gate at all. I could have just gone straight up to the platform. Um, yeah, we just do a sucky job at advertising. Um, and I think it's about. It's, I think it's just. It's just we're we're at a stage where we should be doing. We should be. You know, someone somewhere should be doing all that extra stuff for the getting the, you know, poets to write poems and get it to go viral on. You know, and getting it, boomers to criticize the poems and say they're rubbish and you know all that. That 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 should be the. What I think is where we the, are. The 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 massive thing for me is that thing is now like you know there's that classic sort of old um cliched scenario of trying to explain the offside route to someone and you're there in a pub with ketchup bottles and all this, right? The offside rule in football is a lot easier to explain than the offside rule in rugby. The rules of rugby are very, very difficult to explain unless you know them. Uh, even if you've got something like Sam Larner's whiteboard rugby, some of that, you know, I've watched some of that, it's like, but you still have to know what the game line is. It's just, it's, there needs to be a, 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 a an absolute dummies guide done there, there on does. website and before games, even just a sort of five minute warm up, like, Sorry, right, so this, is this your first Scotland-England game, is it? Right, here's what happens. <laughs> I, you know, because um, it it's a very, very complicated and confusing game. When, like, when did the... Uh, was, sorry, you know, I was just going to say, I didn't mean to interrupt to... Oh, I, I talked, though. Um, what I would say, <laughs> did, was there not a point when Squidge did a, an introduction um, to one of the games? Was it the World Cup, or was it... Um, Squid, I mean, I, I would say, I would say that... that World rugby do a reasonable job of that kind of stuff. They do. There's stuff mm. on their channels that, that does a reasonable stu- a reasonable job of it. I think someone said to me that BT Sport, and I don't I don't have BT, so I don't understand, I don't really follow it that much, but the the BT Sport magazine shows do a good job of that kind of stuff. And even I think Rugby World magazine does a very good job of like talking about rugby without talking down or assuming knowledge of it. But I think it's the it's you know around the six nations the, the coverage is basically the game and that's it you need nothing, you need to there's know nothing on the social media there's nothing no build up to on the social the, the build up on the social media isn't anywhere near what it's been like for the european championships yep. no you, you, need, you need to you need to know where you're looking that's the thing we took a guy through to scotland fiji when cats at the rave was unleashed right <laughs> And I was, I was very, I was very, very excited. And we shouted in his ear to tell him that Cats and Reef was coming, and he didn't know really what that was, and that's understandable. <laughs> but he, it was his first rugby game, and oh, genuinely on the train through, we were like googling beginner's guide to rugby, and there wasn't anything that actually was engaging or just simple. And Ian's absolutely right; we shoot ourselves in the foot because we make. This game that is so exciting, like everyone talk once once a person's into rugby, they talk about you can score at any time. And 
you can literally take the ball on your own goal line and you could be under the post in five seconds time. That doesn't happen in football. Glasgow Exeter. You, exactly. Exactly. Right, my, my, my mate, sorry to interrupt. I was just no, go, 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 go. Right, my mate Lindsay, right, who I used to, like, uh, me and her were at unit together and she used to play for, um, she's a Man United fan, but she was on like Man United's girls team's books for a while. And then a couple of years ago, she signed up for a, a rugby, a local rugby team. She's like, I need to get fit. You know, she's like 35. She's like, I've never played rugby. I was like, check this out. She's like, she's, she's like, I know a bit of league because I'm from that area, but I don't watch rugby because I used to think it was just fat lads running with an egg. Yeah. Even though, like, yeah, we, we, still we, is sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, like, you know, we were in uni in Wales together and lived in a house just on the back of Rodney Parade. And we were just like, oh, just fat likes chasing egg. And then I showed her that, and she was like, "That's pretty bloody good, isn't is it?" You know, so you show stuff like that. You know, you get people excited by showing that kind of stuff. You and know, I think we, we had. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. You know, the... big hits which we don't want anymore. But, but again, it's it's that whole thing of um, you watch a, a, the Calcutta Cup comes up, and they have the same old punditry standing yeah. at the same place in Murrayfield. And they talk for half an hour to an hour of, here's a coach, let's talk to him and find out what Eddie Jones has got to say for it, even though it's usually utter usual. Um, and then they don't have that. So, and that's when, when I saw that small clip of Squidge Rugby on, on, I think it was one of the World Cup warm-ups, it was exciting because you actually got a bit, a bit of comedy through it. You got a bit of, well, you know, you, you could tell what was going on. He broke it down. And I think... For me, that that's the sort of thing we need, rather than this. Okay, he's retired, but bringing out Inverdale and uh, and um, and Sir Clive and and rolling he, them out anymore, you know. Even 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 the guys that we've got just now, even your Andy Nichols, even I would go as even far as to say Chris Patterson. These guys, they're so media managed. They just say the same stuff every single game. They I actually, well, actually, I was going to say, I, I think that Chris Patterson is a and the commentators do a good job during the Six Nations of explaining what's happening on the pitch. I, I, think, yes. I think the problem is that there's not enough done to draw people into getting them to sit down and listen to a commentator explaining what's yeah. happening on the pitch yeah. and Chris Patterson explaining what. I think that, I think actually the commentary and the co-commentators generally do a reasonable job of explaining what's happening. But it's like Craig said, the build-up to it is here's some guys in some beige jackets talking about stuff that you didn't understand and it, it kind of yeah it ends up kind of pleasing nobody because it's so i find it so banal the kind of stuff they're talking about it's like this is just mediocre what you know the kind of some of the chat here and to people who are new to the sport would just go i didn't understand any of this so, so just... what what you're saying cam is and what you're committing to right now and what i'm hearing is that next six nations what we're going to do mm-hmm. is prior to the game we are going to film the guide to the game. Yes. Um, I think I think we need to write it as well. And we can pitch I, it. And we can pitch it. And then during the game, we will do our alternative commentary. The, I think the that's, actual, that's the definitely game. something I want to do. That's definitely something we'll do. I think during this we've got well I think during the autumn, yep, we will do for our patrons, we will do an exclusive commentary of a match. So we won't be able to show oh. the match, but we will sit and watch it and we will have a chat through it. We and will do commentate our on the match. That will be beautiful. 
and we've got we've we've also got several you know uh, we've at least got three clubs that we can go to and do some work with the with the the the, the senior men and women um, to show set pieces and and, yep. just, and and go through them with a little bit of a lighter attitude to it than the the, the usual doves that we get. I well, man, absolutely. I, there we John, go. John Anderson's guide to kicking penalties. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I will happily film that. You turn up your phone, I will kick some penalties for you and we can talk. Right. Kick it. Speaking of filming, people filming themselves doing ridiculous things before we oh, go. Whoa. <laughs> we should just say that oh, we, <laughs> a week on Friday, we have our Dodmaster, uh, which is our take on Taskmaster. It's British and Irish Lions inspired version of uh, take on Taskmaster. We've got five contestants representing. Scotland, England, Ireland, Wales, and the Springboks. So we've got um, from Howard Fife, we've got Johnny McGinty, who's representing Scotland, doing a sterling job in his task to raise the most money. He is currently topping the charts of people who've raised the most money for My Name's Doddy. If you go to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Dodmaster, or go to Just Giving and search Dodmaster, you'll find our main fundraising page. If you scroll down, you'll find... A link to the contestants, and you could donate to the individual nation of your choice because one of the tasks have been set is to raise the most money for my name's Doddy. They've been set other tasks which they will be filming and recording before the evening, and we'll play those live on the evening, um, which will remain a secret until then. And we have three Dodd Masters judging it. We've got John. John, you're going to be judging it. Yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to. It. I should just interject as well, just to give the guys, the guys that may be listening in, a wee bit of clarity. See if you just Google Dodmaster, you'll be there. There we go. Top top result on uh, Google. So yeah, no, Google Dodmaster. Find go, it. Go, go Dog Dodmaster, because apparently nobody else has called her anything Dodmaster. So at the we've we've broken the thousand pound mark for the fundraising. So we're very excited about that. We've got to see if we if we can get to fifteen hundred. Get to fifteen hundred. I think that'll be a, a, a good a good achievement. The event itself is free. We're just asking for donations in return for watching it. It'll be broadcast on our YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter channels live on the night, and you'll be able to watch it back afterwards as well. It will be live. There will be swearing. I will stress that because there's going to be nine people on, and I cannot control nine people not to swear. So it's not going to be for the kids. But there's going to be, be alcohol fun. involved as well. There'll yeah. be alcohol you know, involved. You know how this goes. We've got Bruce Aitchison judging as well. We've got Josh from Blood and Mud judging. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. The judges don't know what the tasks are. I'm going to tell them this week so they can start to think about how they really want to judge. John is going to be your vessel on the evening. If you want to give your throw your your, your tuppence in on how well people have done, then you. Do your comments. John will pick up the best, and he'll allow you to influence his voting on the evening. Absolutely, I am. I am one. I mean, it will come as no surprise to any regular listeners. I am one hundred percent up for sale. <laughs> like literally, see if you want to tell you want to tell no, me you're paying no, you're paying money for 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 an extra vote for 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 Johnny. I mean, other votes I'll have to I'll have to mitigate. But if you're paying money. Uh, for a vote for Johnny, like I'm, I'm up for sale. I would, uh, I would also like to advise everyone that John is uh, well scrubbed. So you know, if you're, uh, if you're wishing to give him some, then you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think on that note, we better move on. I'm not going to yeah, we'll elaborate on that. But that's a good point. Is your first <laughs> <laughs> that is not, I will stress, that is not a task. That no. has been set for God, no. um, I'm going to walk my door. <laughs> we will be back next week. Um, we'll probably have a we will have a bit, bit of Dodmaster. We've got uh, we'll we'll it's the week before the Big Lions kick off against Japan, so we'll have a, a wee bit of chat about that as well next Wednesday evening, and that'll be Dodmaster on the Friday. But for the moment, it's goodbye from me, goodbye from Craig, John, and Ian. Goodbye, night, oops, night, night. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.